You've seen the big plays. Jaron stepping to his right, looking, looking, stopping, firing, end zone, touchdown! You've heard what the playmakers and coaches have had to say. Up for a three. Got it! But now it's time to go behind the mic with BYU Sports Broadcasters to get their distinctive take on the games. Oh, what an aggressive play! This is Behind the Mic with host Cleon Wall. We're here to bring you unique insights and stories from the BYU sports broadcasters who cover the Cougars and also from the Cougars themselves. In today's episode, kicker Jake Oldroyd talks about how his teammates backed him up after one of the most trying times of his playing career. But first, BYU is headed to the New Mexico Bowl to face off against SMU. It's the 40th bowl game for the Cougars. Now, I've been to one bowl game in my life as a fan, and I have no idea what it's like as a player. So I tapped former Cougar and NFL linebacker David Nixon to help walk us through the bowl experience. He played in three bowls, but not his freshman year of 2003, which he said was unexpected. If you go back and look at that year and the talent we had on that team, Aaron Francisco, Brady Papinga, Mike Tanner, Colby Buckwalt, I mean, Gennaro Guilford, I'm talking just defensively, Manaya Brown. We had a lot of horses, and defensively, we were we were really solid. That was Broncos' first year as a defensive coordinator. But offensively, we struggled with injuries. Quarterback play was was a huge issue. Matt Berry broke his finger. John Beck came in. He had some concussions. And so it was just a revolving door at the quarterback. Um, but, you know, it was unfortunate because we had some players offensively too. Ronaldo Brathwaite, who was one of the best running backs I've, I've ever been in person. He was small, but he was quick. Um, you had Todd Watkins. I mean, you had – we had a lot of players, but we just uh, quarterback. I mean, it's funny. It's no big surprise, but college football and football period is all about quarterback play. And if you don't have a if you don't have a great quarterback back there, it's going to be tough winning ball games. And so, uh, I think we were definitely disappointed. Um, but um, you know, I didn't know much better. That was my freshman year. So, so freshman year, and I go on my mission. And I come back, and then that's where uh, that's where really we start hitting our hitting our stride. So you come back. 2006 is your first season back. Your team does fantastic. They go. 10 and 2 during the regular season you win the Mount West Conference champion or you're the Mount West Conference champion you go down and you play in the Las Vegas Bowl uh, in 2006 against the Oregon Ducks kind of give us the experience of like hey this is my first bowl game yeah it was it was everything was new to me and, and i remember just thinking especially down in las vegas right um, las vegas is 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 a whole another beast in and of itself um, but i do remember it was fun, it was interesting we were obviously representing the mountain west uh, as, as the Mountain West Conference champions, uh, as you alluded to, and, and and Oregon, I think, was the fourth or fifth place Pac-12 team, um, and we got stiffed with staying in the Golden Nugget, while Oregon, the Pac-12, got to stay the Venetian on the Strip. And I remember <laughs> all of us had kind of chips on our shoulders, being like, "Man, we're over here in Old Town, Las Vegas, and all those guys are staying on the Strip," and and it kind of felt like the bowl pampered the Pac-12 teams a little more throughout my time. Um, but uh, that was one of those games where, and frankly, one of those seasons where we had rattled off, um, you know, nine straight wins. We started one and two, and then proceeded to to run the table in the Mountain West, and so we knew we were really good. And and even for us, we kind of felt like you know we belonged in the, uh, maybe a better bowl and against a better opponent because this is a, this is an Oregon team that uh, I can't remember their record, but they were I think they were barely bowl eligible. They weren't anything too special. But I do remember during the bowl festivities. I mean, in bowl games. You go to all these activities. Every single day there's a different activity, whether it's a dinner uh, or some type of event. We would do pop a shot and you compete against each other. Some bowls do where you go bowling and you compete against each other in that. We had dance-offs. I mean, there's they, the, the bowl games put on a lot of festivities. Um, and, and most of the time you are competing against each other in some form or fashion. 
And uh, and so every one of those events, even the dance off, we were all in. We were committed. Uh, and that first year was fun. It was you know the bowl gifts are always a huge plus, uh, especially for back in the day for us. You know now they have nil money where. They can afford stuff. Back yeah. in my day, we couldn't afford anything, and so <laughs> you get you get some free presents and gifts, and it, it, it makes that whole experience a pretty good time. Um, but uh, the, the bowl week leading up to the game was, I remember, was for the, especially that that first year, well, it was it was a really good time. Uh, everything was new to me, like I said, um, kind of soaking it all in. They usually have a keynote speaker. I think we had Lou Holtz that year, um, and, and then of course the ball game itself was uh, man, it was that, that that ball game was a fun one. 38, they, 38 to 8, you win that game. Uh, you mentioned the gifts that you get. Do you remember what you got from that first bowl game? Yeah. Yeah, we got a uh, – it was the Pioneer Las Vegas Bowl. And this is going to date me, but they gave us a Pioneer um, – uh, what would you what would you even call it? It's a uh, like a GPS. So the, those old GPS where you – this is before <laughs> like Apple phones had really come into the, into the play. And so you would plug in this little GPS into your car, a little screen, and it would show you where to go. And so, of course, we were like, wow, that was big time. Uh, what a lot of people did, including myself, we, you could actually take it back uh, to Best Buy. They would take it, and they give you credit. They give us like 500 bucks credit to Best Buy. And so then I'd go take it to buy a TV or uh, we bought whatever with it, um, you know, NCAA football or, or whatever games. Uh, but you get you get bowl gifts from the from the bowl, but BYU also pitches in uh, gifts. And I believe that year we got like an Xbox 360. Um, and so – you know, you probably end up getting, or at least when we were there, we were getting probably eight, nine hundred dollars worth of gifts. Which, like I said, for for a student athlete and a kid that's poor in college, is a pretty big deal. And, and I think that's why most kids, and that doesn't even include the swag. I mean, you get a lot of clothing as well. Um, do you have any of that clothing still? By the I way, I do. I do. In fact, we just moved homes, and I found a box full of Las Vegas Bowl attire. <laughs> and I can't. I'll be honest. I can't remember if it was 06. Or if it's from 07 or 08, which I'm probably getting ahead of ourselves in this interview, but I went to the Las Vegas Bowl three straight years. Uh, but I've got, I've still got some beanies uh, and and other other stuff that has the Las Vegas Bowl emblem on it. But uh, yeah, it was it was nice to get a combo of kind of electronics, uh, you know, swag and and gear, and then they fed you really well as well. So that was uh, that was always a plus, as you said. You played in the Vegas Bowl three straight years. So let's talk a little bit about 2007. You go back down. You play against a team in UCLA that you had played earlier in the season. Did you have that same feeling like you did the first year to, that you went to a bowl? Or, or was it more like, oh, we're playing in the Vegas Bowl again and we're playing a team we've already played this year? Yeah, so there, there was some mixed emotions on that one because, to your point, we won the Mountain West Conference again in 07. So we go down to play UCLA. We lost UCLA earlier in the season. Uh, and, and so that game, even though we're going back to the Vegas Bowl, and this was my second time to go to the Vegas Bowl in a row, but keep in mind, a lot of the guys on the team, this is their third time because they went to the Vegas Bowl in 05 as well. Yeah. Uh, but when I was on my mission. And so for me, it was a little bit of a repeat. You kind of knew what you knew what day the festivities were going to happen on. Um, you know, you it was it was a little different, but they, they kind of keep the same itinerary together. Um, but I think for us as players, there was there was definitely a revenge factor in playing UCLA because we had lost them earlier that season We in a game that we really felt like we should have won down at the Rose Bowl. Um, and so for us, I think we were pretty focused on going in there and, and beating UCLA the, the second time. Um, and, and that game – it was just a crazy back and forth game on that one. They obviously came down to to the last field goal. Finally, in two thousand eight, 
you play in the Las Vegas Bowl again. So just as you mentioned, this is the third year for you. It's the fourth year in a row for BYU playing against there. Um, were you tired of the Vegas Bowl after three straight seasons? Yeah, listen, I'll be honest. Uh, I was a team captain. That was my senior year. And as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, this was the quest for perfection and things had kind of fallen apart in the 08 season. And as a captain, uh, it was really hard for me to get the guys going for a few reasons. One, we felt like we should have been going to a better bowl. You know, that was the year that we started off strong. We really felt like we were destined for a New Year's Six type bowl. Um, and then on top of that, you're going to play against an Arizona team that that wasn't great, that had made the Vegas Bowl. This is our first bowl game they'd played in, I think it was six, seven, eight years they hadn't been to a bowl game, and so this was their first. And then on top of that, as you mentioned, you're going to the Vegas Bowl, which we had been now been there for me personally three years, some of the guys four years, and we knew exactly what was going to happen. We knew the itinerary to a T. Um, it was really, really tough to be motivated. And frankly, our play on the field showed that. We, we came out really flat, and Arizona was completely amped in that game, and they beat us. And, and, and I look back on my career as a BYU Cougar, and that was probably the lowest moment of my career was the fact that um, – you know the guys just didn't want to be there, and and uh, we felt like you know that was a that was a season where we could have and probably should have gone somewhere better, um, but we lost those games. We lost to TCU on the road, and we lost to Utah on the road, and and of course that's our fault. Um, but we had so much hype and so much so many expectations that it was a bummer that uh, you know we ended up back in the Vegas Bowl, and and our play showed on the field. Like I said, it was it was tough to get the guys rallied and get them going. Um, and, and Arizona came out amped, and, and they kind of put their foot on the gas pedal, and, and it was tough for us to rebound. What was the best part about going to a bowl game as a player, as a team? I think, uh, you know, everyone will always say gifts and uh, kind of experience. For me, it was actually one, one more opportunity to play on national television. I mean, you go back to my day, we were playing on the Mountain Network. We were playing <laughs> on Versus. Uh, I mean, we had some pretty rough channels we were thrown onto. Uh, and here's a chance at the end of the year to go play on ESPN. And, and, and typically, the, the Vegas Bowl was usually the only bowl game of that day. Uh, and, and so you were kind of the, 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 the showpiece of, of college football that day. You had a lot of eyeballs on you. So it was one chance, me being from Texas – uh, you know, it's an opportunity for all a bunch of my friends and family back there to be able to watch me on national television. Um, and so if, when I look back at bowl games, yes, the swag is fun. Um, but for me, it's just one more opportunity to play. And I always talk, I always talk about this. I mean, college football, you only have 12, hopefully 13 games a season, right? It's not like college basketball or baseball where you have 30, 40, whatever games you have. Um, you only have so many opportunities. And so t- the ability to get one more game, that's big time, and, and so uh, you know it's not it's not it's something we never took for granted. Um, but like I said, that senior year it was just, it was just tough to it was tough to get the guys rallied. Uh, and um, but you know it was it was still still a great experience. What was the worst part of a bowl game, or is there a a bad part of going to a bowl game? I would say kind of lead up to it. You get down there, and um, you know I, when I say lead up, I mean from your last game of the season. Um, you know, and, and back then we didn't have a Mountain Conference championship game, right? It was just a regular season who won, who was the best team regular season wise. Um, and so from the last game until that bowl game, you have three weeks, four weeks. It really depends on, on, on waiting around. I mean, that's a long time to kind of stay engaged, uh, and, and kind of stay sharp, right? Um, you start to lose your edge a little bit. 
And so I'd say that downtime between the last game and, and the bowl game was always kind of the, the bummer about it all. And then you get down to Vegas and, you know, you're, you're still trying to practice, but you're on the road, you're practicing at a high school stadium. And it's just, it, it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's unique approach versus, you know, when you're in school, you have a very strict regimen and, and schedule that you follow and uh, bowl games are kind of, everything's out the window. You're, it's just what you're used to is not there, and so um, you just have to kind of make some adjustments. But I would say for me it's the downtime between the last game for sure and, and finally when you kick it off. Let's turn to this year's team. What do you think a bowl game means to this current BYU Cougar squad, and what do you what do you think they can accomplish in this bowl game? I think more than the other year, this bowl game's huge for this team just for, for how the season's played out, right? BYU starts off hot. Um, they have they have some some – Touch and go games against Utah State and Wyoming, they, where they won, but they didn't look great. And then you proceed to go into the skid, a four game skid, where you just couldn't get anything right. Um, and 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 then you turn around and uh, you have uh, the winning streak that BYU's gone on to finish the season, three game winning streak. Um, and 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 now you have an opportunity to go to a bowl game where uh, you can try and capture some of that momentum going into into next year because that's that's really what it's all about. I mean, everyone knew that this year was somewhat of a throwaway year and the fact that everyone's just looking forward to the Big 12, right? You finally get in a conference and show what you can do. Um, but there is something to be said about momentum and, and, and as a program building upon your successes, right? And, and I think that's what this, this team um, – you know they struggle with in that that middle part of the season where they where they went on a losing streak, but I'm hoping that that this bowl game can kind of catapult them into a strong off season. And we talked we've talked about it, uh, you know, with Dave and Blaine and the rest of our crew, um, how there's going to be a lot of changes, and we're not talking just player wise. Guys graduating, maybe Jaron leaves. Um, you know, Puka. We'll see what happens with Puka. Some of these younger classmen that could come back decide to go. Uh, but coaching changes as well, and and you're going to have a lot of coaching changes on both sides of the ball um, as you prep to get ready for the Big 12. And so uh, I think a win it helps you a lot in, in gaining that confidence you need as you head into a really, really important offseason. With the resignation of Elisa Tuiaki, what are you expecting from this Cougar defense in this bowl game? We know that they've struggled this year, but what are what are your kind of hopes for you this You know, game? I don't know if we'll see much of a drop-off. Kalani's taken, we knew that Kalani took over the defense um, just, you know, three or four weeks ago. And so uh, I don't expect there to be too much of a drop-off there. Um, you know, oftentimes guys play more inspired football because they realize that, you know, these players on the field, that they're kind of the ones that cost these coaches their job, right? Ultimately, coaches coach and players play. And, and, and you've got to go out there and execute the game plan that's been put in place. And uh, when you don't, that's what costs your coaches their jobs. And so maybe they come out and play a little more inspired football to try to try to help keep some of their other coaches around. <laughs> um, but I don't think there'll be much of a drop-off uh, from when you when you lose a coach. It's much different than if you were to fire a head coach, I think, and have that instability there. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I expect this BYU defense – I will say this. If you go back and watch the film, they've been much better over these last few weeks uh, of, of being – you know, we talk about being assignment sound, gap integrity, um, doing their job and, and do what we call it doing their 111th. Um, guys have done a much better job of, of, of doing their responsibility and their job than they had prior. David Nixon, thanks for joining us here on Behind the Mic. Awesome. Yep. Thanks, Cleo. Coming up next, Jake Oldroyd gets candid about a season of tests and trials.
Welcome back to Behind the Mic. When I mentioned Jake Oldroyd, two games probably come to mind if you're a BYU football fan. First, the 2016 game against Arizona, in which he kicked the game-winning field goal as a freshman. The second would be his game against Baylor in 2022. The snap is back. There was no timeout. The kick is on its way from Oldroyd, and it is no good. Oldroyd missed a field goal that would have won the game for the Cougars in regulation, and another game winner in overtime. The Texans' six-year journey has been an interesting one. Looking back, it feels like a blur in some ways. There have been you know, times along the journey where it certainly felt like it's gone by slowly. But uh, yeah, in retrospect, it's been a long time, so it feels like it's gone by pretty quickly. Do, do people still come up and talk to you about that game-winning field goal in 2016, game one against Arizona? Yeah, all the time. That's still, to this day, the thing that um, I get most often is either people telling me that they remember watching that game or that they were at that game. Um, teammates talk to me all the time about how they were you know, in, like, sixth grade when, that, <laughs> when I made that play. But, um, yeah, I get, that, I get that a lot still. It makes me happy because... Probably the peak of my career. Started out on a high and, you know, been trying to maintain that level ever since. Is that, I don't want to say depressing, but is it kind of just like a bummer? You're like, you know, you know, I made other field goals yeah. since then. I've done good things since. No, I mean, when you look at everything that went into that moment, I, I do understand that it was, I mean, it was, it was such a big deal. And I tried to put that in perspective from the beginning. Like, look, I'm never going to probably I'm never going to do something similar to that again like I I won't ever be in my first game first kick being able to make a game winner again so um, no I mean there's been other great moments throughout my career and I understand that they're probably going to be overshadowed by that and I'm fine I'm fine with that so how how has 2022 been for you Um, it has been how can I describe this in a couple of words? Uh, you can go it's, more than it's a definitely, couple of words. Yeah, well, um, I've definitely learned more from this season than I have from any of the ones in the past um, because it has come with a level of adversity that I have not really encountered at all in my career. Um, I've, I've missed kicks in my career, um, never to the extent or with the significance that I have this year. Um, and... It sucks. It's a lot to deal with. There's so... I, I didn't realize, you know, what that would carry with it in terms of uh, the reaction from fans and, you know, people that just watch the sport that aren't necessarily fans. It's a lot to deal with. Um, but coming out of that, I think I found my stride a little bit after coming out of that, that lull. Um, and I've learned a lot from it. It's It's been different from any other year in, in that sense, just that more of a learning experience and I think it'll help me transition nicely into the next phase of life you know just having faced some serious adversity you know so okay so I I do want to I do want to talk more about what you've learned from it but mm-hmm. I, I want to go back to that game against Baylor you missed that kick in regulation even though you come off and you're probably bummed mine's is your mindset like it's okay I'll get the next one mm-hmm. um yeah, that was what I was forcing myself to think, you know. The natural reaction is, like, complete shock. Like, it, you, don't, you don't necessarily understand the implications of it all in the moment. It doesn't really set in. And so, in a, in a way, it's easy to go to the sideline and just try and forget it really quickly. It just happened. Forget it. Let's move on. Um, we're still within, you know, the frame of the game. And 
Um, I definitely felt like extremely disappointed. Was trying everything I could to just focus on the next opportunity because I was, you know, we're going overtime. Kickers are important in overtime. So, um, yeah, it was it was really tough. Teammates rallied around me, and I had every you know expectation that I was going going to go in and make the next one. And I tried to carry that attitude into every kick, but you can't help but be defeated after something like that. It's really tough. Again, I don't want to dwell on it too much, but what happens after you miss the second kick? Um, I mean, it, it all just compounded, you know. At that point, I knew I wasn't going to get another chance um, just because of the overtime rules, and so it really started to set in and like, wow, I I had a chance to put it away. And I'm really glad we came out with the win because I, I, I could have... I think I would have felt a lot differently after, but um, it was a great, full uh, team, team spirit, uh, team camaraderie moment for me. Just to see, like, and as I reflected, like I, I know I've had my teammates' backs for the last several years. There have been moments where I've had to make up for the mistake of somebody else, and that's helped us win. And for the first time, I really felt like my collectively my team did that for me and it was it was a cool moment it was crushing but it was it was cool to think about as I try to you know dig myself out of it well I've done it for people you know my my boys hadn't had my back that time so it was cool on the television we all saw Jaron Hall come up and give you a hug Mm -hmm. what did he say to you and what did other players come up and say to you after the game yeah the message was pretty consistent um from everybody Jaren's the one you happen to see on on tv and he's obviously a great leader um but so many other guys you know followed suit and the message was he just repeated to me that he loved me that he had my back they were going to go out and, and win the game for me and they did and um you know that was it was just a moment that showed to me that you know football's not everything there are more important things in life and the relationships I've built through this game with this team is one of them, and um, with people like Jaron specifically, um, just people that are going to have your back no matter what. There's people that are quick to turn on you when you make a mistake in the public eye, and uh, moments like that really show you who your people are. It kind of sounds like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, from what I've heard so far, what you've said, that really had an impact on how you kick the rest of the season. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, you'll look at the games, and it it took me a a while to pull myself out of that. Um, You know, it's such a battle to to have a bad game, try and come back on Monday and say, okay, doesn't matter, next kick, next practice. What happens when you do that again? It compounds, you know? And so you string together a couple bad games, and um, really hard to pull yourself out. And uh, I think... I started, after it all set in, I started to just solidify that message in my mind that, you know, what I said earlier, things are bigger than football. This is your last year. Just go have fun. Um, So as I started to just take that pressure off myself, you know, nothing worse could happen. (laughs) Kind of even a little bit of that. As I started to accept that, I I felt a little looser. and I've I've played some better games since then. So uh, hopefully I can carry that in the last two. The one thing that people probably... Well, they may not realize, and after I looked at the statistics, I didn't realize it either. Yeah, you missed some field goals, but every one of your extra points you've hit, is that, did that kind of give you a little bit of confidence coming back too? It's just like, look, I'm nailing these ones. Yeah, I mean, uh, extra points are overlooked um, until they're missed, you know? 
And for me, I, I treat it the same as any field goal. You know, I go out there, I hit the same ball. It doesn't matter where I am in the field, I try and hit the same ball. So those are just confidence builders, and if I can string those together, it helps me um, gain confidence for, for other kicks. And so, yeah, that's what it's been a positive to take from it. I, I was watching an old Deep Blue episode from BYU TV about you, and in there they showed you playing the piano yeah. and that it's one of your favorite things that you like to do. And, and then you said that it, it helps you to relax. Was there a lot of piano playing during the season? Yep, definitely. That is a huge stress reliever for me. Um, it's one of the one of the things I do personally to just let off some steam, you know, allows me to release some emotion in a different way. Um, I don't always love talking about things, and so when I can, you know, express myself in a different way, that allows me to feel better. And so, yeah, when I'm going through things like that, it uh, definitely played a lot of played a lot of piano this year to help me relax. So. What, what's your what's your go-to song? Favorite song to play? Um, Especially during high. Well, either hard times or not hard times. Um, depends. Usually, <laughs> it'll change a lot with my mood. So yeah, hard times is definitely more like. Chopin, Debussy, classical music with like a, a darker tone to it. Um, I like writing my own covers to songs, so I'll play those too if I'm feeling up to it. Yeah. Okay, now now I'm my interest is peaked here. I mean, what what covers have you written? Just whatever I'm listening to uh, at the moment. So I'm a big Coldplay guy. That's easy to play on the piano. Do a lot of that. Um, right now, one of my favorite bands called Hippocampus. Been writing a lot of covers from for their songs. Just stuff like that how how do you hope fans will remember you um i think beyond makes and misses of which there have been many of each i would hope that i have inspired people um because of the misses and coming back sure and and just more of more so my my whole story i think coming from not having any offers out of high school finding my way onto the team you know having a miraculous opportunity to to play coming back from an injury coming back from multiple injuries like just you know kind of the the comeback story i hope people are inspired by that and um remember that you know i I kind of made my own way and, and found a way to make an impact and other people can do the same. Um, the things that mean most to me are, you know, the messages I get from kids, kids that want to play, kids that want to kick, um, asking me for advice. And, you know, the fact that I've made it to a point where I can be a role model to those kids is a, is a big thing for me. So, you know, I hope people, I hope people remember that about me and remember that I was able to make a positive impact. How do you hope your teammates remember you? Um... Hmm. I, I hope that they remember me as a leader, um, as somebody who just put their head down and worked. I think regardless of how I've ever played, I've always, you know, tried to be the hardest worker in the room. Um, and I hope guys that I've played with will remember that and also a fun person to be around, you know, somebody who brought good positive energy and that they liked hanging out with because... You know, some of the best memories I've had from my college experience are just hanging out with teammates. So I hope they feel the same way about me. Oldroyd says he will kick on BYU's Pro Day for fun. He already has a non-football-related job lined up once his schooling is done. Thanks again for listening to Behind the Mic. You can download the show wherever you find podcasts or on the BYU Radio app. Behind the Mic is a production of BYU Radio.